are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, football fans, to another episode of Locked On NFL here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day with your Tuesday host, Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings, and myself, Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. Don't forget to also make sure that you check out the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast as well, hosted by Vinny Iyer. Get you all the info that you need to know about your fantasy football team and the fantasy football season right around the corner. But you're going to get a little bit of that today as well with Marcus Mosher in the third segment, who's going to come in to help us talk about second year standouts to keep an eye out on for your fantasy football team. But before we get to that, we got to talk about the news of the day. Demar- uh, Demarius Thomas uh, retiring. Derek Carr tampering a little bit when it comes to Devontae Adams. <laughs> I guess you could say. Can players tamper? I don't know. I guess it's not really much of a tampering thing in the NFL, but we'll talk about it. Uh, and then we're also going to be joined by Kevin Ostriker, host of Locked on Ravens. Let us know all the things that we need to know heading into training camp for the Baltimore Ravens as we continue to get you up to date with all 32 NFL teams. Once again, I am Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson. Nola on Twitter joined every Tuesday by Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL. And this is Locked on NFL. And Luke... As we get started today, let's get to some of the news and notes of the day on this wonderful Tuesday episode of Locked on NFL. Uh, Let's start with uh, wide receiver Demarius Thomas announcing his retirement. So this is 10 years in the NFL, uh, you know, had some injury concerns and some injury issues late towards the end of his, uh, end of his career spent 2018 sure. with a pair of teams was, you know, sent over to Houston and then played a couple of games or really more than a couple of games, played 11 games with the jets in 2019. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, didn't get an opportunity to play in 2020 with everything being as it was, has announced today that he will sign a one year deal with, I'm sorry, excuse me, a one day deal with the Denver Broncos and retire a Bronco where he started his career. Uh, when you think about Demarius Thomas and his career, what kind of comes to mind for you and the legacy he leaves behind? Yeah, it, there's something to a legacy that's kind of all about one team. You know, and a lot mm-hmm. of guys will do the journeyman thing at the end of their career and they'll kind of play random and, you know, they'll, they'll Demarius Thomas in a Jets jersey will be one of those things that looks really wrong when you think right. back to it in like five years. But what we all really remember is the Tebow play, right? Right. The crazy sure. overtime, beating the defending uh, AFC champion Steelers that year in a crazy overtime game. And then, of course, the the role that he played in the 2015 uh, Super Bowl champion team, the mm-hmm. 2013 uh, runner-up team. So he was part of some pretty dynamic offenses and a huge part of those dynamic offenses when he was paired with Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that's the legacy that it has to be. Uh, and I think that's that's pretty cool. There's something kind of magical about a guy that is just like truly and innately in everybody's minds a Bronco, even though he wasn't a Bronco 100% for his whole career. Mm-hmm. Um, like he really was like when you thought Denver Broncos, you kind of thought Demarius Thomas while they were cycling through quarterbacks or, um, you know, at, at least when it wasn't Peyton Manning. For sure. Um, and that was, that was, yeah, they, I think he kind of holds that place in NFL lore. Yeah, absolutely. He and Emmanuel Sanders making up a little bit of one of the like, kind of, you know, those those wide receiver duos that you at one point talked about being maybe one of the more talented duos in the NFL. He had five straight 1,000-yard seasons. He'll finish his career as a uh, four-time Pro Bowler, one-time Super Bowl champ, and then, as you mentioned, a second uh, Super Bowl appearance as well. And uh, he'll be, you know, your, you know, look, uh, 724 receptions, 9,700 yards, 63 career 
career touchdowns there. And so he's had an extremely successful career in the time where he was playing like to his utmost. And I think he'll be remembered fondly, of course, uh, in Denver, which is a very historied uh, franchise to be certain. Yeah, I think it's absolutely hilarious that I, like the most memorable thing he ever did was win Tim Tebow a playoff game. <laughs> and now you get to talk like any quarterbacks that like haven't won a playoff game yet. You can say they've won one fewer than Tim Tebow. That's right. That's right. We have uh, Demarius Thomas to think uh, for exactly <laughs> that. Um, a, yeah. Another big piece of news coming from uh, NFL.com and a couple of others. Uh, uh, Derek Carr with some uh, pretty outward tampering ahead of the uh, <laughs> I'm just going to call it that because that's really what it was like. He's talking he's about tampering. Yeah, it's Devonte <laughs> going after uh, Devonte Adams uh, at least uh, you know audibly on uh, ABC uh, thirty uh, talking about Devonte Adams who should be hitting the free agent market next offseason, saying that when the time comes it'll be full court press to reunite himself with the press. wide receiver. Yeah, that's the way he said it. Uh, <laughs> don't I'm just a messenger, uh, but you know <laughs> he wants to really go after uh, Devonte Adams and reunite with the other. I don't know if you remember this or not, but they both played together at Fresno State, right. which yep. is wild. I always forget about Devontae Adams being a bulldog uh, from Fresno State. But yeah, I mean, this is a pretty fun story here early on in the offseason. You can see Derek Carr, who's kind of had a, you know, a kind of a turnstile of weapons around him, hoping that he uh, is able to maybe lure a top talent to Las Vegas uh, next offseason. Yeah, we kind of have a couple of pairings like this that happened in the draft, right? Because you had Jamar Chase reuniting with Joe Burrow right. and Jalen Waddle into a tag of my law. So I, it's so funny, though this one's a little delayed. Uh, <laughs> but it would be a pretty cool reunion to be pretty good for uh, for the Raiders. But hey, maybe uh, both Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers could end up in Vegas. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Well, that would cause a little bit of trouble for Derek Carr, I think. Oh, man. That would be just I exactly... the NFC North. Yeah, there you go. That would just be exactly <laughs> the luck of a Derek Carr, right? Like, right. oh, I yeah, mean, no, I want a Carr brother. <laughs> right. And then one, like, the Devontae Adams ad happens before an eventual Aaron Rodgers trade that they sends him away They get, like, two OTA practices together. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, okay, so his contract, Adams' contract is up after the 2021 season. So he's not a free agent, and so this is Derek Carr saying, oh, yeah, when he's a free agent next year, we're going to totally go after it. Right. But there is a chance that Devontae Adams, if Aaron Rodgers jumps ship, that uh, Devontae Adams would be the next to jump ship. So there is a chance that, like, the summer could get kind of wild for those yeah. two. More likely that Adams plays out his contract and hits free agency, or doesn't if they figure it out, you know, a, a lot. Again, everything in Green Bay kind of... Uh, hinging around that Aaron Rodgers situation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll see how it all how it all pans out. But hopefully this works out well for Derek Carr, who, you know, just wants to see his buddy again in Vegas. So uh, later on in the show, we're going to talk about the Ravens with Kevin Ostriker, and uh, we're going to talk about some possible breakout wide receivers coming into their second year with Marcus Mosher as well. But first, the Las Vegas Ra Raiders have to play the 2021 season, and right now they are plus 300 to make the playoffs. So if you think the market is way too low on the Raiders, if you think they're headed to the playoffs, you can get a plus 300 odds at betonline.ag. It's your one-stop shop for all things gambling. You can bet on NBA playoff games. 
games. We are currently watching the Suns and Clippers go at it as we record this. You can bet on the WNBA. You can bet on hockey, baseball, football futures, like any team's odds to make the playoffs. Reality TV, award show, and just about anything else you could dream up. You can find that on betonline.ag. Free to set up an account, and when you actually make your first deposit, enter promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, all one word, you get a 50% welcome bonus. That means if you put in, say, $1,000 in your first deposit, you'll actually have $1,500 to gamble with thanks to the promo code Locked On, They will match half of your first deposit if you enter that at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everybody, continuing on with today's episode of Locked On NFL. We are joined as we continue on throughout our training camp previews, trying to get to all 32 NFL teams, get to the biggest stories that you need to know ahead of camp from all 32 franchises. We're joined today by Kevin Ostreicher, the host of Locked On Ravens at K Ostreicher 34. Kevin, how are you, man? Thanks for being here. Ross, it's a pleasure. I'm excited to talk Ravens with you guys. Yeah, man, it's going to be a ton of fun. So let's start off here right at the tippy top of everything right let's just get to like the kind of you know thirty thousand mile view if you will uh what is the biggest storyline heading into camp for the baltimore ravens that nfl fans should be aware of well i I think for training camp you know if there's a storyline the big one at least it has to involve lamar jackson he's entering Mm -hmm. year four but i think the big thing with him now is he has the weapons around him that i think a lot of people have wanted for a long time the Ravens draft Rashad Bateman out of the University of Minnesota. They do miss out on guys like Juju Smith-Schuster and T.Y. Hilton, but they signed Sammy Watkins. They also drafted Tylen Wallace in the 2021 draft as well. They're bringing back Marquise Brown. He's in for his third year, and Devin Duvernay might have an increased role as well. And also, you can't forget about Mark Andrews, and the Ravens also expect a pretty big leap from their running backs in terms of pass catching. So, you know, Lamar Jackson, I think a lot of people, you know, myself included, expected somewhat of a down year in terms of statistics from his MVP season. But that doesn't mean that he didn't improve in some areas during his third year. But now entering year four, the Ravens have been setting him up for success. They have the weapons, and now it's up to him. And also, I think the offense and Greg Roman... I mean, the Ravens passing offense has gotten a lot of heat over the last couple of seasons, Roman included. So it's a big year for him. If the Ravens start off slowly, maybe one in four, one in three, two in three, you might see some coaching changes early. You know, it could happen because they've done it for so long now. And I think they've gotten so much heat in that regard where if you don't see an uptick in it, it might be, you know, full steam ahead in terms of we're going to promote this guy to offensive coordinator and Greg Roman, you're out. That's interesting. I, yeah. I was going to ask, like, what the kind of, you know, in, in that AFC North where the Ravens are favored on Bet Online right now, the plus 135 to win the North, but the Cleveland Browns are plus 145. So they're flav- favored by about an inch. And Pittsburgh is somebody you probably shouldn't count out. And Cincinnati's a wild card. It's a tough division. So if we are, you know, circling around next year and saying the Ravens were held back, like, what would we be blaming? What's the, the fear? I think a lot of people on the offensive side of the ball would definitely say, I'll go back to Greg Roman. I think the passing scheme that the Ravens have employed over the last couple of years hasn't been up to par with what a lot of people were expecting, a lot of simple route concepts. And it's it's not as bad as some people pointed out to be, but it's not great. The Ravens brought in T. Martin and Keith Williams, two very accomplished coaches who should be able to help with that. And and Marlon Humphrey, the Ravens star cornerback, said that he already feels a shift in the wide receiver room just based off of the new coaches and just the atmosphere. On the defensive side of the ball, though, and this will probably be the bigger concern, I think it's probably going to be the edge rusher position. Baltimore lost Matthew Judon, Yannick Ngakwe, Jihad Ward. 
to free agency to different teams, and they did not do a lot in free agency to bring in veterans. Instead, they drafted Afe Owe with the 31st overall selection, and they end up also drafting Dalen Hayes. They are going to have to get a big leap from Tyus Bowser. They're going to have to get a big leap from Jalen Ferguson. Pernell McPhee also went there, but they've been linked to Justin Houston. I think that'd be a great signing, but it seems like they're going to trust the young guys on their roster instead of bringing in a, a 97 and a half sack guy in Houston, which, you know, again, if they're off to a slow start, they can't put pressure on the quarterback. That might change also. Yeah, absolutely. It's so interesting to hear, you know, a team that finished 11 and five last year, made it to the playoffs. It's interesting to hear that like, Hey, in a couple of games, depending upon how everything goes, there could be a coaching change at some point, not yeah. at the head coaching position, but you know what I mean? Like that, that there could be this shift. So to, to wrap up with you here, Kevin, I want to talk a little bit about maybe the storyline that's not getting enough attention around the Ravens heading into camp. We talked about the, the big storyline. We talked about maybe the fear, but what is something that you feel like should be getting a little bit more uh, attention and maybe locally uh, for the Ravens? I think it's the offensive line. I mean, you mm. look at what Baltimore had to end the year in 2020. You look at that Buffalo loss. And the offensive line, I think, was the main reason they lost that game. They could not run block very well. Lamar Jackson was running for his life. There was a bad snap that ended up getting Lamar Jackson concussed. So a lot of different things happened in that game. And obviously, Orlando Brown Jr. did get traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a big loss. But they're getting back Ronnie Stanley, who, if he is healthy and that injury isn't restricting, he's one of the best tackles in the NFL. They bring in Kevin Zeitler, who's been solid throughout his entire career. They're moving left guard Bradley Bozeman back to center, who played center at Alabama in college. And also, they drafted Big Ben Cleveland out of the University of Georgia in the third round, who I think could make a huge impact there. And not to mention Alejandro Villanueva, the former Steelers tackle, right. now in Baltimore. Yeah. So that rivalry twice a year will be interesting. But I think, you know, based off what they had last year and what they're going into this season with, it's so night and day because... You had a lot of an experience on that line. At right tackle, there was literally every game for, I think, the last three or four games. It was a literal turnstile between Tyree Phillips and DJ Fluker where it would be one series, it would be Fluker. The next day it would be Phillips, and that was their plan. So now they have stability there. That will obviously help the run game and Lamar Jackson out a ton. And I think it's a big storyline because that could determine whether the Ravens make the playoffs or not because it all starts up front. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how this uh, this Ravens team turns out, especially with Lamar Jackson. They're always so interesting to watch. And we get to you and I get to do a crossover later in the year. Uh, that mm -hmm. is Kevin Ostriker at KOstriker34 on Twitter, talking to us about the Baltimore Ravens. Coming up, we have Marcus Mosher coming on to talk to us a little bit about Dynasty, talking about some second-year wide receiver breakouts, some rookies from the 2020 class going into their sophomore year that we think could maybe have a little bit of a boom. Speaking of boom, boom, it's Built Bar. Built Bar is the number one. It's so good. It's so good. The most delicious protein bar in the world. It's covered in 100% chocolate. comes in nine delicious flavors like coconut, almond, mint chocolate brownie, peanut butter brownie, all sorts of delicious stuff. And it's low sugar, low calorie, low carb, high protein, high fiber. It's delicious, and it's not going to throw you off the wagon. It's even keto friendly if you're doing the keto thing. So head on over to BuiltBar.com and enter promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, all one word. You get 15 15% off of your next order of Built Bar. That's promo code LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com. All right, everybody, continuing on and wrapping up today's episode of Locked On NFL. It's Tuesday, so it is our 
Tuesday fantasy form as we do every week. We're welcoming back Marcus Mosher at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter, co-host over at Locked On Cowboys and Locked On Dynasty Football. Marcus, thanks so much for joining us, man. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing just fine. Thanks so much for being here with us. Uh, you know, we've kind of talked through some of the basic understanding of what to do if you're in a dynasty league, what to do if you're in a fantasy league. Now, uh, you know, a, a redraft league. Now I want to focus a little bit on maybe some of those second year guys that could potentially break out. And, you know, we've been talking a little bit about the wide receiver positions, been getting a lot of coverage here recently, lots of intriguing stories, names out there. So let's start there. Second year wide receivers that uh, fantasy experts that are, are maybe recommending that fantasy players keep their eyes out on. Yeah, so we're not going to talk about the guys that have already produced big numbers, whether that's Justin Jefferson, C.D. Lamb. Oh, sorry, Luke. That's, yeah, sorry, Luke. Uh, he's good. We, we don't need to talk about Brandon Ayuk or any of those guys as well. Mm-hmm. I, I want to talk about the guys that could take the big next step, right, to, to get on that level. And I think LaVisca Chanel is the, the next guy to make uh, the leap. I, okay. I think he's the best receiver on that Jaguars team already. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he is incredibly athletic. I remember he had a really weird offseason between he had a sports hernia injury that caused him to not be able to work out at the combine. And then we had COVID uh, and then, you know, basically no offseason. Yet he still comes in uh, totals about 600 total yards from scrimmage. Looked just like the player we saw at Colorado. I think Chanel is in for a big year. The only thing I don't know is, is Urban Meyer going to actually know how to use him? Uh, my guess is mm. yes, uh, but I do think this is somebody who could easily be 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns this year. Yeah, he came out as such a like raw prospect that you could tell was going to like kind of need some some incubation, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then he actually re- kind of produced some of his – I mean, he like kind of produced really well in that very first game, and it was kind of like, oh, okay, he's further along than we thought. So, yeah, I think the idea, like, with all of these guys, the, they they all have, well, now they have a full offseason and they didn't have that last year. So they all kind of have that excuse for 2020 play where you would expect kind of 2021 to be a little better. But for him in particular, because he was so unpolished mm-hmm. um, and, and you know, you needed to to make that transition to the NFL and it was a little harder for him, I, I wonder if that ex- effect is, like, even more exaggerated. Well, and we're going to talk about some of these other receivers on this list that maybe we don't know if they're good or not. I don't think that's the case for LaVisca. Like, I think he's just good at football, and we saw it last year. Now it's just a question of how much does Jacksonville use him? Because I really, truly think he could be a DJ Moore-like player in the NFL. It's Mm. just up to that coaching staff to get him that target volume. Do you think that there's a little bit to be said about his versatility as well, all the different ways that he can get touches? I think so. I mean, I, I think it would be foolish for Jacksonville not to give him three or four touches a game, you know, just out of the backfield. But the only mm-hmm. thing that Ross, that gives me a little bit of pause is, man, they're talking about using Travis Etienne as this slash player, you know, a right. hybrid running back wide receiver. That's what LaVisca should be. And that's really what he is. Why not use that player in that role rather than making Travis Etienne, who's really a running back play that I, I don't understand. Yeah, it's a little curious for me, too. I want to stick in the AFC and talk about uh, the other Bengals receiver that is... What about T. Higgins? Everybody's going to pay so much attention to Jamar Chase. Is, is T. Higgins kind of... Is he going to be able to get the runoff from that? I, I think T. Higgins is really, really good. Uh, last season, uh, despite only playing 10 games with Joe Burrow and really only nine games with Burrow because he didn't do anything in week one, mm-hmm. uh, T. Higgins had 900 yards and six touchdowns, and he's one of these players that just got better every single game he played. 
I think he's actually going to be in a fantastic spot now as the wide receiver two there. I think Jamar Chase is going to demand a lot of that coverage. And the other thing is T Higgins made a lot of plays downfield. He almost averaged 14 yards per reception. I think, I think this is another player that could be 1100 yards, seven or eight touchdowns at a really, really strong wide receiver two for your fantasy teams. He's going to be in a really interesting position because he'll be, He'll be T. Higgins, who we know is very good, but he'll be playing that Z role. So he'll be off the line of scrimmage. They won't be able to jam him. They're not going to really be able to get hands on him at the line of scrimmage. So he's going to get these free releases and a lot of opportunities with a lot of attention going to the other side. I think T. Higgins could really have that, like maybe the unexpected big year out of that offense. Yeah, we haven't seen very many receivers in NFL history that have had 900 yards and six touchdowns during their rookie season. He's only 22 years old. There's a lot to like about T. Higgins, and it sounds like from everything we've read uh, so far that he's in great shape. Uh, he knows his offense way better, and they're, they're teaching him to play multiple spots. I think Higgins is going to have a really nice year. I love it. All right, now you mentioned there were going to be a couple of these guys we we're going to talk about to where we don't necessarily know if they're going to be good yet, but maybe want to keep your eyes out on. Who are some of those names? How about the first receiver drafted in 2020, Henry Ruggs? Yeah. I know he's fast. Mm-hmm. I know that he can he can make plays after the catch, but can he run routes? Can he be more than just a decoy? Can he stay healthy? I don't really know, and I'm not mm-hmm. sure what his role is going to be on this offense because the Raiders went out and they signed John Brown. They brought in Willie Sneed. They have Hunter Renfro. Brian Edwards looks like he's slated to be the X receiver. I just have no idea what Henry Ruggs is entering year two. Uh, he's sneaking up into the 10th, 11th round in your in your fantasy leagues right now. I think I would stay away, especially considering that the Raiders have had uh, the second fewest wide receiver targets in the NFL over the last two seasons. Mm. Okay, so for chasing targets, I've Mm. got a wacky one. A team that's kind of in rebuilding mode might be chasing a bunch of games and there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of big names eating up the market share. What about Quintez Cephas out of Wisconsin? Ooh, uh, I gl- I'm glad that you said might be rebuilding. That's very, very kind of you, Luke, because I definitely- <laughs> I've been talking to my therapist. I need to be nicer to the Lions on this show. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, boy, I hate that Detroit offense. I don't trust Jared Goff. I don't trust the receivers. I, but you're looking for targets. Right. I'm looking for garbage time, racking up points kind of stuff. I think there's a chance that Quintus Cephas could get 100 targets and catch about 50% of those targets. The problem is you're just going to have no idea when to start him. <laughs> right. Just yeah. not somebody who's overly athletic. Uh, everything he's going to do is in the contested areas. And if we know anything about Jared Goff, he doesn't like throwing YOLO balls and 50-50 passes. So I think there. I like the idea, but I'm probably staying away. Damn, I thought I found something about the Lions that made sense. But alas. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Marcus, any other names that we should be aware of before we get you out of here? Yeah, I mean, I'll just throw one out there that I think mm-hmm. is kind of interesting. A guy that went in the third round last year, Devin DuVernay. Uh, he was kind of mm-hmm. miscast as an outside receiver for Baltimore. I really think he's like one of these uh, thicker slot receivers. Uh, maybe Rashad Bateman plays on the outside, and we see more of Devin DuVernay kind of replacing Willie Steen in the slot. I don't expect him to be fantasy you know, relevant, but I do think he's an interesting player that we need to keep an eye on. Definitely. Hey, Marcus, thank you so much for hanging out. Of course, anytime. You can find Marcus at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. Coming on here on a whole bunch of Tuesdays for the Tuesday 
Fantasy Forum. Tomorrow, Tony and James are going to be taking care of all of you. They're talking about the Bills. And I also want to point you guys to the Locked On Today podcast, under 20 minutes every single morning. Peter Bukowski is bringing you through everything going on in the wide world of sports, from the playoffs to the NFL offseason and everything in between. For Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson N-O-L-A, I am Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL. We will see you all tomorrow here on the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Peace. All right. We did it.